This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey. I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked in the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. It has been another week and I have another brand new episode for you. Today we are talking to Hannah Alonzo. It was a request in the Discord and as soon as I saw it, I sent Hannah a message. She got back to me almost immediately and I think we recorded within the week. So yeah, thank you so much for the content recommendation on Discord. And if you'd like to join our Discord and join in on the conversation about what content we should have coming up, the link with all of the information can be found in our show notes. If you've never heard of Hannah Alonzo, she is a content creator. And so this is a really fun episode. We talk about what it's like to live your life on social media in the public eye. Um, and also what it's like to be a mom in the public eye. And if you've been a member of the anti-MLM community for a while, I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. That being said, Hannah just recently surpassed 100,000 subs on YouTube, and so I wanted to congratulate her here on that accomplishment. Congratulations, Hannah. You so deserve it. I also want to say hello to our newest Patreon members, Jess, Stephanie Rinker, and Lily. It is great to have you. We did a little mini dive into the company that used to be Living R3 before it became the MLM known as Living R3. And surprise, surprise, 
it was another MLM before it was Living R3. You know what I say, regroup, rebrand, relaunch. So if you're interested in that conversation and other deep dives, Patreon is the place to check out. I also want to let you know that we did start putting some podcast episodes on YouTube. So if you like watching your podcast episodes, you can head over to my YouTube page. The link is in the show notes and you can watch some of our podcast episodes with our guests. And the last thing that I want to address before we hop into this episode with Hannah is a question we actually got last week. And I'm so surprised that this call to action came full circle as quickly as it did. So last week I got an email asking if I knew anything about Amway being free and the tools being free and like what's going on. And I I really didn't know because I didn't have a lot of information about it. But Megan Lanahan sent me a video from from Team LTD that sort of breaks it all down. So if you are interested in more information about that, I'm about to play the audio. Uh, It's about 10 minutes long. So if you're not interested, you can totally fast forward through it or listen on like one and a half or two times speed because it is very, you know, MLM-y and Amway, but it does answer all of those questions. I think as good as Amway will answer them. And it's an interesting listen. Hey, Joe Markowitz here, and I'm excited about announcing this, that LTD is doing big things. We're turning the page to a new chapter in the long history of LTD, and I'm certainly excited about it. And as you know, Leadership Team Development is an approved provider of business support materials. And those business support materials are all about, and the sole purpose is to help IBOs, succeed in their Amway business to help them build a profitable, long-term, sustainable business. And LTD, in collaboration with the LTD Diamond Council, the IBOEI board, and Amway executive staff are making a significant investment in the new IBO. And without a doubt, it's been proven over the years that the experience that a new IBO has, their profitability, their enthusiasm, how they get launched, that has an impact on the trajectory of their Amway business for the rest of their career. So we're really going to focus this announcement on that population of new IBOs. So beginning February 1, any new IBOs registering with LTD will receive complimentary membership. Now, starting March the 1st, 2024, listen to this. All first contract year IBOs will receive complimentary business support materials from leadership team development. Let me repeat that. March 1st, 2024, all first contract year IBOs will receive complimentary business support materials from LTD. So we're all very excited about this new relaunched, new look LTD. This next chapter is going to be very, very exciting as we focus on and really invest in those first-year IBOs. So significant to build trust and confidence in who we are as LTD. 
and a provider of high-value, high-quality training and education materials to help you build a solid, long-term, profitable, and sustainable Amway business. You're probably wondering, what does this mean to me? How does this apply? How does this apply to my downline and prospects and customers? So to remind you that beginning February 1, 2024, LTD's registration fee will be complimentary for new LTD members. Beginning March 1st, 2024, First contract year IBOs will be given a complimentary onboarding subscription. We're going to call it the Apprentice Package. The Apprentice monthly package includes the LTD messaging app, the Determine Your Success or the DYS app, the media app, that's the LTD media app, four media credits, and unlimited access to LTD's new Sales and Profitability Media Hub, which will include the best VCS and onboarding training, new IBO experience videos and support documents, and world-class methods and proven techniques to maximize your Amway business profit. So LTD's commitment to removing barriers to business goes beyond just complimentary registration to LTD and the complimentary apprentice package. Complimentary access extends to registrations for conferences or any LTD-related events. It also extends to team-wide and local meetings, such as weekly info sessions and regularly scheduled team meetings and training sessions. Furthermore, LTD will not collect any fees whatsoever from new LTD members on any BSMs for a minimum of 12 months, and it could be up to 16 months to align with Amway's renewal schedule. Now, let me repeat that. For a minimum of 12 months, doesn't matter when your renewal cycle is, and it could extend up to 16 months if that is part of your renewal cycle with Amway. This means that first contract year IBOs will not be permitted to purchase additional digital resources like upgraded subscription packages, digital media, media credits, books, printed materials, or any physical items like LTD or upline swag, which means like clothing and other motivational materials. So now that you understand what the changes are, you may be asking, Who does this apply to? Who gets access to the complimentary first-year training? So every new LTD member will get a minimum of 12 months of complimentary BSMs even if your first contract renewal date with Amway is less than 12 months. Next, any IBO who started their Amway business on or after August 1st, 2023, is eligible for LTD's new onboarding program. And finally, these changes will be automatic. There is no need to do anything if you qualify. So all this is pretty exciting, and you may be wondering, why is LTD going in this direction? Well, let's look back at January 1st, 2024. Amway rolled out their enhanced Amway promise, meaning they removed any financial barriers for new IBOs to launch their business, they they waive the the registration fee. It's complimentary. Likewise, the IBO AI fee for first contract year IBOs has been waived as well. Well, LTD, and we've been planning this for quite some time, we're following suit. 
we want new IBOs to experience the high quality, high value education and training that LTD brings. And we want their experience to be exceptional. LTD has a great reputation for delivering high quality, high value training and education materials for new IBOs with the sole purpose of helping Amway independent business owners become profitable and have a long-term sustainable business. No question about it. Um, LTD has never stopped with their robust refund policy and, and exceptional customer service. The staff at LTD and the LTD Diamond Council we're really excited about this investment in the new IBOs. Honestly, we're excited about this new look LTD. Uh, be watching over the next month or so, there's going to be some really exciting announcements about enhanced packages like a new entrepreneur package. And we're going to talk more about the ingredients of that and what's going to be included in that. Also, a new reimagined VIP package. In other words, you're going to see a lot of enhancements and a lot of improvements coming up over the next several months. And pay attention to your leadership and what's coming out of LTD. To wrap this thing on up, no doubt, this is a significant investment in that new IBO population. We are very serious about seeing those new IBOs get off to a great, great start. We want their experience to be exceptional. We want them to understand very clearly that there's a lot of value into the training and education that LTD and the leadership bring. And we're excited about what comes out of this. No doubt 2024 is going to be an exciting year, but I'm actually excited about what's going to happen in years to come. Thank you very much for listening. Joe Markowitz is very pleased to do this, and thank you, Larry and Pam, for everything you do on behalf of, of the entire Diamond Council. Let's make this thing rock in 2024. You see what I mean? You just sort of had to listen to it. Um, and then lastly, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. This literally is happening as I am recording this. Transact Card has already rebranded and they're relaunching and they're changing their name. Transact Card from here on out will be known as Finmore. If you see people recruiting for a card scam called Finmore, it's the same thing as Transact Card. I just have a ton of screenshots. I haven't had a chance to really read or look into any of them. I know Julie Anderson just recently posted some stuff on social media like like an hour ago as well. So this is developing right now. And um, I'm going to work on some social media videos for YouTube and Instagram this weekend. So stay tuned. Maybe early next week there might be some more information on Transact Card changing their name. But for now, this is all I know. I thought this was going to be a short little housekeeping, but I guess I was wrong. Enjoy this episode and have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I cannot tell you how many times you guys have asked for this interview and it's here. I'm so excited to welcome to the show Hannah Alonzo, how are you doing? Doing so great. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. I am really excited to have you on the show and to chat. I feel like you and I make very similar content. We're very compassion-based, understanding-based, give room for nuance, give room for interpretation of things, and really just try to report the facts and try to stay away too much like emotional stuff. 
and really try to just get the message across. I think you do it beautifully. You are, I'm, I'm not a huge content consumer, but you are definitely on the top of the list when people ask me, who should I watch on YouTube? I'm like, well, you got to watch Hannah. Like, she's great. Thank you. So if you're the first time you're hearing of this woman, you need to go check her out. All of her <laughs> stuff is in the show notes. You can find it there. She is fantastic. So let's get into this whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to have you introduce yourself and talk to me about how you got involved in this whole anti-MLM movement. Sure, let's do it. So yeah, my name's Hannah Alonzo. That's what I go by on YouTube. It is my maiden name, but that yeah, it's like my professional name, I guess. And let's see, I started the YouTube channel a few years ago with no intention in mind, really. Like I just kind of wanted to make videos about things that I enjoyed. And anti-MLM content was something that I had kind of dipped my toes into. I had found it interesting. Actually, this is kind of a full circle moment for me because I vividly remember being in my old apartment in Arizona and watching you in the Vice documentary on YouTube. Oh my gosh. And it was one of those that I rewatched probably three times. I watched it a couple times on my own. And then I had called my husband in. I was like, you have to watch this. You have to watch this, this documentary. It's mind blowing. It's crazy. Like all these, all these things that are happening in this company. And what I had known about MLMs was so summed up in that documentary. And so it was kind of like a, I don't know, the gateway into anti-MLM content where I was like, wait, people on the internet are talking about this. That's amazing. Like it's getting views. Look at all these comments. People are, it's gaining traction. And that was really intriguing to me. So somewhere along the line with my channel, I was posting, like I had a couple vlogs here and there. I made videos about what I was doing as a substitute teacher. I made videos about what I was doing on Poshmark, selling things on Poshmark and stuff like that and tips and tricks. And so the anti-MLM was sort of just another component, like another thing that I was kind of interested in at the time. And my very first video was, I think it was called 10 things I hate about MLMs. And it was supposed to be like a summary of like, here's the issues I have with it summed up into one nice video, which I just go back and cringe at it now because, you know, <laughs> I think my production value has gotten a little bit better as we go on. Same, same, same. Yeah. So the first video is a little bit rough, but that was kind of like where it got started. And I noticed that that video gained a little more traction than the others, which I thought was intriguing because I was like, okay, other people are having an interest in this also. It's just one facet of me, but I kind of took that and ran with it a little bit. I mean, I think it was... It was a few months until I posted my next video, which was a Monate deep dive. And then it was probably, I think it was nine or 10 months after that Monate video that I even posted my next anti-MLM video. So wow, a very like slow start in the beginning. I was moving and going to grad school and doing my student teaching and everything in between. So it kind of took a back seat. But yeah, I just really got an interest in anti-MLM content because I had a really close friend in an MLM, which now I feel kind of relieved to be able to talk about because for a while I'd be really vague. Oh, I have this friend and I'm really close to her and I've always been interested about what this is that she's gotten herself involved in. But recently she actually came on my channel and I interviewed her because six years later she is leaving the MLM. Amazing. She has decided to leave that in her past and it was always this off-limits, taboo topic that her and I never talked about. She was over here. She was in Plexus, super heavily involved. And I was over here making my anti-MLM videos. And we never discussed it. Like, we never even touched the topic because I didn't want it to sacrifice our friendship. 
So it was always a thought in the back of my head, maybe she's watching my videos. Is she learning anything from them? And I've always said that when I create my videos, I look into the camera and I picture myself talking to her. And that's, I think, where my delivery comes from. I always try to lead with compassion, education, with a goal of awareness and not talking down on people who get involved with MLMs because I know that they're not all bad people. I have this incredible friend who's in one currently and she's the best person. So I always would picture her as I'm creating my videos. And so that was also a full circle moment of like, wow, two years later and here she is, you know, two years after I got involved with anti-MLM content and six years since she's been in Plexus, we finally merged together and we're able to have that conversation together about her experiences and things like that. So I don't know. That's a very long-winded response to your question, but no, that's kind of how I got involved with it. I was I was interested in MLMs because of her specifically, because you can imagine if you have a friend on social media that you're following, we went to high school together, we were on the dance team together, and I go off to college and then she goes off and does Plexus. What is Plexus? What are these trips you're going on? What is this free car quotes? that you have, what's all this money you're making and, and all these recognition and awards. And, you know, I was just like, what is going on? Because we took two completely different paths. And so that's how I found out what an MLM was, what a compensation plan is, what an income disclosure statement is. I looked at their car bonus program document. So yeah, her involvement in the company was what opened my eyes to the industry as a whole. And I quickly learned that it's not all it's cracked up to be because I know this person in real life and it's not like what's being portrayed here. So I felt like I had this information and it was, I don't know, my duty or something to relay that to other people in a way that was informational and educational. So, yeah. You know, it's so interesting when I have a chance to sit down with people who I really only know, I mean, I guess professionally, like colleague wise in the same genre, but to sit down with somebody and realize we have so much in common. Mm, Yeah, do you? I also had a very good friend in MLM when I was making this. She was in LuLaRoe and then she left LuLaRoe and she joined a different MLM and She's a friend of mine who I work with sometimes and see a lot and hang out with. Our kids were friends when they were younger and she was in Monate. Mm. And I always was thinking of her in the back when I would make videos like I want to be a little snarky for comedy's sake because it's kind of my personality, but not so much that it alienates people because I'm like, I want people I care about that are in these things to be able to watch this and go, I understand where she's coming from. I might not agree with her yet, but I do see what she's talking about because I see it other places, but it hasn't happened to me yet. I remember being that person in the MLM where I had friends outside of the MLM saying mean things to me. Like, it's a pyramid scheme. How could you be so stupid to not see it? And I'm like, what? Pyramid schemes are illegal. I don't understand. And wishing that they had been more compassionate because I might have listened to them as opposed to writing them off as a hater. Absolutely. And so I knew coming into this space, if I was going to take the opposite side and try to educate people, that I would have to be compassionate and understanding and allow room for nuance. There's so many people that listen to the show that are in MLMs Mm -hmm. who listen because they want to, you know, learn what not to do or they want to wait until their company is talked about for them to go oh my gosh yes and I often get emails that were like hey 
you know, it took me 142 episodes, but you finally talked about my MLM and I'm quitting today. And I just wanted to let you know. Wow. And for me, like, that's the whole reason that we do this. Yeah. Is I don't want to just point at people and laugh and be like, look how dumb you are, because I was there and people that I love have been there, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's wonderful to hear that your compassion that just, I mean, comes through so beautifully, is so altruistic and genuine and comes straight from your heart. I mean, I really wouldn't expect any less based on what I've seen. But yeah, like, it's really, really wonderful to know that that's where your intentions started as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're saying is right on point about you want to present the information, but you want to present it in a way that they stick around to hear it. And I think that sometimes if we go at it being a little too abrasive or something, it's enough to turn someone off and be like, oh yeah, you're just a hater. I'm not going to listen to you. Like that was offensive or, you know, stuff like that. I think snark can be done. Absolutely. I feel like I get like that myself too. But (laughs) yeah, I always try to present it in a way where like, if she did click on this video, I don't want her to click off. Right. Or like get upset and cry and be like, I can't believe my friend thinks this of me. Right. Or thinks that I'm like these horrible people, you know? I don't think people in MLM are horrible. I think that they're misguided. I think they're vulnerable. And I think they're trusting the wrong people who have a completely different ulterior motive. Like mm-hmm. my ulterior motive is just to help you not get taken by. I don't I don't make any money when somebody leaves an MLM, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the way that they continue to make money when you stay in an MLM. And so for me, it's really just like at the end of the day, does it matter to me personally if you stay or leave your MLM? No. You're going to do what you want to do. You're going to make the choices that work best for you and your family. I just want to give people the other side of that coin and say, are you actually thinking about all of the things that could happen and all of the things that are going on? Or are you only looking at, well, if I just keep it up, I'm going to make all kinds of money. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know, but how much are you losing right now Mm -hmm. for this pipe dream that may never come true? Statistically, Mm -hmm. you're not going to win. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And yeah, I mean, the fact that we have really wonderful, compassionate educators out there on different platforms telling these stories is, I think, really powerful and really important. So Mm -hmm. I want to thank you just for being that voice on YouTube, because I know YouTube can get a little volatile sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it is rough. It's a scary territory out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And I, something you were just saying that sparked this for me is that what I'll say in my videos a lot is consider the source, remember the motive. And an argument that I've used before when I have people in my comments defending their MLM or, you know, getting upset with the kinds of videos I'm making, I'll say something along the lines of what you just said of like, actually, it doesn't matter to me if you leave your MLM or not. I mean, of course, I would love for you to, but it doesn't impact me directly. In fact, it's probably better if you stay and if more people join and this business continues to thrive because then I'm never out of content. (laughs) But, you know, I always say that if if I'm doing my job well by advocating as to why people shouldn't join, then I'm effectively putting myself out of a job. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot 
say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. The more people who know about MLM companies, the worse that is for me as a content creator who educates on that, right? Like you can only reach, it, there is a market saturation point for even the anti-MLM side of it, right? So I think that's kind of interesting too, is you have to consider, you know, why do the people want you to stay in the MLM versus why do content creators like you and I want to educate about it? Yeah. Because at some point, if everyone's educated about it, then there's no need for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. It's a really good point. And that has come up before where people are like, you know, aren't you essentially putting yourself out of a job? And I was like, I mean, kind of, kind of. There will always be victims of high demand control to tell their stories. Yeah. And there will always be stories to tell. And so I'm I'm not really worried about it too much. But yeah, at the end of the day, if I'm trying to eradicate the topic in which I mostly talk about, it almost seems counterintuitive. <laughs> for me to do. It does. <laughs> yeah. But I think that speaks to the motive, right? Absolutely. It's about the education and the awareness. And so, yeah. So those early videos that you made that you talk about that you say you watch and you cringe now, 
Mm-hmm. What have you done in your content to make it better so that it's not because it's not cringy now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what have you done to elevate your content? I mean, just base level, I got myself a mic. So my audio is not trash. <laughs> so that's good. So important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I think more so it, it comes with practice. I used to be so, so scripted because I wanted to make sure that I was leading with compassion and that every single thing I said came out in the right way and that I made all of my points and I made sure that I was clear on them and like my thought processes of how I got to those points. I wanted all of it to be so crystal clear. And I think it comes off a little robotic, I think in the beginning. And so that's why I cringe at those videos because I think my point came across, but I don't think my delivery was the best it could have been. And now I definitely do still have like an outline of a script and points I want to make, but I do think I've gotten better at organically delivering those points. And maybe that's just because I've gotten so in the habit of talking about these topics that it it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. So I think that that has definitely improved with time and just learning about more companies and learning about other people's experiences and their stories and sort of having more in my toolkit to pull from and like new different ways to explain certain topics or concepts because I try to do my best to not be a broken record and that is kind of hard when it's the same topic over and over and over again but yeah I think that that's gotten a little bit better with time it's a learning curve it really is because we get into this just because we're like hey I want to make a video I want to make a podcast I want to make a TikTok and those early ones where you're like I don't know what I'm doing yeah like I literally am emulating the other people I follow and this is kind of maybe what they do but I'm not really sure And you learn. I remember like one of the first things I did was get a professional mic. And I've since upgraded even from the first mic that I got. And even when I have guests who only have like, you know, like the headphones and the built in mic or like their mic from their computer, like you really can tell Mm -hmm. on the back end when I'm editing and I hear that guest come in. I'm like, oh, thank God they have a professional mic. (laughs) I won't have to do as much audio editing to make this not sound echoey or tinny or reverb or whatever. And I'm like, oh, thank God they have a professional mic. But at the same time, I also know that a lot of the people I talk to are just regular everyday people who don't have multi hundred dollar like headphone and mic setups. Yeah, why would you? And so, you know, I'm like, sometimes the audio is not going to be perfect on the other end when I have a guest. And sometimes that's just That's part of it. You got to roll with the punches. You got to go, oh, crap, this audio is not so great. But the story is, and I'm going to do my best to make the audio not so bad, but please listen to it anyway, because this is a fantastic story. And you just learn as you go. And I'm always just very interested in that sort of arc with people because, you know, you want to make your content as best as it can be because then people want to watch it and you get less, the audio sounds like crap or, you know, I wish they did this or I wish they did that. And I always take all that constructive criticism and I try to improve every time. But it is interesting because I'm glad I'm glad I'm not the only one who cringes at early episodes where I I will Hmm. people will say, Oh, I just found your podcast. And I was like, if you don't mind a like an underdog arc, start at episode one. But if you really like (laughs) a produced episode, season three is probably a good place to start. Because that's when I like figured a lot of stuff out. I just saw something on Instagram or wherever I was the other day, and it said, if you don't look back at your old content and cringe, that means that you're not growing. And I loved that. I was like, oh, okay, that makes me feel a lot better about the earlier content. Because also, people will sometimes ask me, 
you know, how do you start a YouTube channel or how do you get good at doing YouTube videos? And I said, you just have to do it. Like, I mean, you can go back and like you said, watch the underdog progression story of like how it started pretty bad and then it got better and better, better. And so, you know, you just have to be okay, I guess, with understanding that your first few videos are going to suck yeah. or your first few podcasts or whatever. I don't think yours suck. I did start <laughs> at the beginning. I love your podcast. I listened to your podcast around the same time that I was still living in Arizona, like before I'd ever made any anti-MLM content, that kind of thing. Like we go way back, you and me, Roberta, in my headphones. I love that. I specifically remember I was making one of my favorite episodes that you did. Sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but... You're fine. One of my favorite episodes you did was you were breaking down how much people in MLM companies make hourly because you had compiled a whole bunch of different income disclosures. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. And I think- The prison labor. That's the the part I reference a lot. As I said, Roberta Blevins did this podcast episode. I've linked it in several of my videos whenever it comes up because I'm like, she made a point. She did the math that People in MLM companies make less than prison wages. That is shocking. Shocking. So anyway, I I loved your podcast. Still do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You seriously, like I said, one of, I think, the best anti-MLM YouTube channels out there. Like if you only had to pick one, and I know I have a lot of good friends that have channels, but <laughs> yours I feel, and maybe it's just because I connect with you so much, like I just feel that your content is a really good place to start. If you're in an MLM, you're not going to feel attacked. If you are still processing MLM, you're going to feel connected and understand. And if you are already there and you already know it, you're going to be like, yes, this is what I've been saying. So it's just, it's a little bit of everything for everybody on every part of that spectrum in that journey. Because sometimes, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a place for like more brash, snarky stuff. But I think that that comes a little bit after getting out and understanding. Like it's, mm-hmm. if you're going to poke fun at something, you really have to have like a fundamental understanding of how it works and, and how it goes. And you and I are kind of like the foyer into anti-MLM where it's like, oh, what is this about? Oh, I don't understand. Oh, well, this this cute girl's going to tell me and I'm going <laughs> to feel very comfortable listening to it as opposed to feeling like, oh my God, I feel attacked. What's going on? Right. Yeah, I understand that for sure. And so it's very appreciative. It's very needed. And in the last few years, especially with all of the documentaries that have come out and the articles and just people becoming more aware of, oh my gosh, there's a whole community. Like I've always hated these. There's a whole community online of people who not only hate these two, but create content on it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you make fabulous content. That's all. And then Zeke. Because I've got Jaja. Like, we both have Z, crazy Z pets. Yes. Jaja, I don't even know where she is, but she's usually, like, howling and whining when I'm not paying attention to her. And I'm like, are you for real? I'm recording a podcast right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've already seen Zeke's butt walk across the camera at least he once. Did. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's sitting on his cat tree taking a nap now. So he's being a good boy. But, oh my gosh. But yeah, so I really love and appreciate what you're doing on that platform because I do think that it's very needed on that platform. Thank you. That means a lot to me coming from you. I really oh, appreciate that feedback. Thank you're you. the sweetest. There is a a Reddit uh, thread. I don't know what what they're called. I'm very rarely on Reddit, but there's a Reddit (laughs) 
that is about anti-MLM creators. And sometimes it's a little snarky and there's people that are like, meh. And I know we have listeners because people have talked about my podcast and I was listening to Roberta podcast today and like my friends will be like, hey, you're mentioned on Reddit. But some of my favorite times is there'll be these posts that are like, who's your favorite anti-MLM creator? Like I'm looking to to dive into it. Who's your favorite? And it I, it is like Hannah, Hannah, Hannah and Zeke, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah and Roberta. Hannah, 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 Hannah. <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, dang, she's got the monopoly over there. Oh, I'm flattered because I feel like Reddit can be a scary place. So it's very I, scary. I, I don't go on there. I'm terrified of it because, yeah, I, I think that it, it does kind of have that anonymous aspect of it. Like people are very comfortable saying whatever they really mean on Reddit. I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and so that means a lot that people are mostly in support of my channel. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've really seen any bad things about you. Everybody seems to really enjoy your content, your demeanor, your presentation, your research, your deep dives, all of it. The MLM horror stories. Mm. You just, you have a really, really good way of presenting this information and making it easily consumable. Thank you. And and so I was not surprised when I Ooh. my friend will be like, "Oh, you were mentioned. You got to go check it out." And I'm like, "Where? It just says Hannah everywhere. <laughs> like there's no mention of me at all." <laughs> yes. I'd like to stay off of Reddit, but occasionally people will send me links to it to my Instagram DMs and they'll be like, "Oh, you're being talked about." And I'm like, "Oh, no." <laughs> I don't want to know. And then I go and it's mostly supportive. And I'm like, thank goodness. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I don't want, don't send me the hate, you guys. I only want to know the good stuff. Yeah. No, I'm like, I really would just rather not know about it, please. Oh my goodness. My executive dysfunction and like my rejection sensitivity cannot handle. Mm-hmm. I, I would get nothing done. I would just be like sad all the time if I just yeah. read bad stuff about me. So, and that's another reason that we try to be compassionate and understanding. So, Big love to the people on Reddit. Keep up the positive mm-hmm. comments. <laughs> yes. Hannah and I love you guys. Don't say mean things. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say, like, constructive criticism, that's great. That's fine. And I have a lot of good productive conversations in my DMs and in, like, people will email me if they have, like, a concern or, you know, people are, for the most part, very respectful and they're like, hey, I didn't love the way you touched on that topic or I didn't love the way you said that. And, you know, I appreciate that feedback. Definitely. So yeah. I don't, I don't need everyone to just be complimenting all the time. That's not right. what we're here for. But I think um, there is like a right way to give criticism. And I've received a lot of that, like positive, constructive criticism. So I'm, I appreciate that. Definitely. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Constructive criticism. I will take all the time. Hey, mm-hmm. someone was like, I don't really like this music. I said, it's just for the month. It's getting changed. Don't worry. Like we're working mm-hmm. on stuff mm-hmm. or people saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you used this term and that's kind of outdated. And the new term is this oh, and yeah, like yeah. switching language or dropping mm-hmm. words out of my vernacular that I have always said and been like, mm-hmm, we're just going to pick a better word that's not offensive or can be construed as negative, you know, mm-hmm. and just try to be more inclusive and accessible to everybody. That kind of stuff I absolutely love, uh, getting constructive criticism. Because again, like you and I, we are just regular people who are passionate about a subject and want to share our passion and our knowledge with people who we hope need to hear it. Definitely. And I think that ties back into the, like, why do you cringe at your old content kind of thing? (laughs) Right. Because it's the continual growth that we're going through. And so, you know, with every new episode, with every new video, I try to be like just a little bit better or a little bit 
you know, like taking in all of the, the feedback and evolving from that. Yeah. So I also want to talk to you about something because you did something that I had already been through it when I was creating content. So it wasn't anything that ever came up in my content, but still kind of comes up in the now. That was you went through your entire motherhood journey with us. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty censored, not the whole thing, but mm-hmm. being able to really kind of go along with you being pregnant, going through the pregnancy. And now how old is your is your baby now? She's nine months. Oh, nine months, not even mm-hmm. a year yet. Yeah. Wow. Nine months. How was going through the pregnancy online and how has been the first nine months of motherhood been online? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, let's just say the the pregnancy itself, the beginning of the pregnancy, the first trimester. If you watch my videos regularly around this time, this is, when is this? Mid-2022. What year is it? Yes, mid-2022. <laughs> <laughs> I had gotten pregnant in the summer and my regular viewers noticed that I just like dropped off the face of the planet for at least two whole months. I think it was like eight or nine weeks that I was just gone because I got pregnant and then I was immediately sick, immediately just miserable, couldn't function. And I actually did get quite a few comments of people in hindsight after I had come back and after I had announced the pregnancy and I made a video announcing I was pregnant. And then the very next video, I was right back to anti-MLM stuff. But I got a lot of feedback around that time of, Oh, she's switching to mommy content. Oh, here she goes. She she took a big break and now she's back announcing her pregnancy. And isn't that a little interesting? And did she do it for views? Did she do it for engagement? And that it broke my heart because I'm like, if you only knew, you know, taking two months off of your job is not ideal. I don't think anyone would think that it is, right? Just like completely halting all content, therefore halting all new revenue on these videos. It is my full-time job. So, you know, to just take two unexpected months off was not in the plans at all. My channel took a gigantic hit from that. And then when people saw that I came back and my first video was a pregnancy announcement, which I did to explain why I was gone. I I was like, you know, here's why I was gone. Okay, back to regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) So it was never an indication of a shift in content, but I think people kind of raised an eyebrow like, hmm, why was that the first video back? Or, you know, where is she going to be going with her channel? Because I think, unfortunately, it is, um, I've never considered myself to be like an influencer or like, I've never really done lifestyle content on YouTube at all. And so I can understand how people who do lifestyle content, they have a baby and it just kind of, you know, that just kind of folds into their content going forward. But I'd never given off any indication, I don't think, that I was going to get into vlogging or family content, mommy content, anything like that. So I was a little shocked by that. I I lost a lot of subscribers, actually. I lost a lot of support at at that time. Yeah, which was, it was upsetting. But I guess I can understand why, if people thought I was going to be like switching it up on them, as maybe they've seen some other content creators do, right? Like if you're in lifestyle and, and people kind of switch that way, I don't know. But so that was kind of hard. The The start of the pregnancy was difficult because of that, because I felt like there was no right way to navigate it. I just, I had to do what I had to do and I had to take a break because specifically I was so sick and I also have a metaphobia, which is an irrational, overwhelming fear of throwing up. 
So as you can imagine, my whole day is consumed with panic attacks and nausea and I, I can't function. Like I'm in this constant state of panic and anxiety and I couldn't do anything other than try to work myself down from that state unsuccessfully most of the time. And in addition, the sickness struck me as cyber sickness, which I didn't know was a thing until I was experiencing it. But looking at my phone, the computer, an iPad, the TV, it made it worse. It made it feel like I was like motion sick almost. So for two months, I didn't watch TV. I didn't get on my phone. I didn't get on my computer. So I couldn't edit anything. And so I got a comment one time that said like, it's hard to believe that you couldn't just sit in front of your camera and read horror stories and edit it. Like that seems like a pretty easy job to have when you're pregnant. And I thought, oh man, like, I guess, yes, but I couldn't look at a screen for more than like a few minutes without getting sick. So, you know, maybe more of like a physical manual labor job would have been better for me at that time because I wouldn't have had to look (laughs) at screens, you know? And so I received a lot of interesting opinions and interesting feedback around that time about like why I was going about it the way I was going about it. But I assure people it was not, the break from YouTube was not planned. The pregnancy was planned. The break, like dropping off the face of the planet was not. So I just wanted to put that out there. But then going forward, once people realized that I wasn't going to veer away from anti-MLM, then it was fine. Everything was great. My channel eventually recovered. I mean, it's still... I was on like the peak of my growth when I dropped off YouTube. So I definitely interrupted that and it has never returned to those levels since. So why people think that would be a good idea for me to do, I'm not sure, but (laughs) it's been a much slower, steadier growth since then, since that point. But I still have a lot of the same viewers that I did before and it's been cool for people to... I guess, follow along with that on Instagram. I don't really talk about it much on YouTube at all. Yeah, I never like posted pregnancy updates or anything. I would do the occasional live stream where people would ask me questions, but it never came up in my videos. You can see my face changing. That's fun. (laughs) Video to video, you can see my face just morphing. You can tell where I'm at in my pregnancy (laughs) based on how wide my nose was getting and how much fuller everything was. And like, I just had like this rosy glow all the time. And so... Yeah, that was, that's kind of funny to look back on those videos. But on Instagram, people have been great. I'll share little tidbits here and there about how motherhood is going. And I do get a lot of really sweet comments or DMs and responses to my stories and stuff where people say, you know, I, I came for the anti-MLM, but I stayed for this. I stayed for like the little pieces that you're sharing about your life. And I just got a message like that yesterday, which is why it's on the top of mind But yeah, I'm just like really appreciative for those kinds of things and the support that I've seen because I know it's not always like that. It's ruthless. YouTube is ruthless. So yeah, it's odd that you got so much pushback. We don't have to be like that, you guys. We can just be supportive. I was very shocked by it. I actually was like genuinely, I was genuinely shocked, but I can understand it. Like, you know, after getting that feedback, I'm like, okay, I can understand like how convenient that she, you know, people thought I was building up hype or something. Like I'm going to disappear and then I'm going to reappear and everyone's going to click on this video and I'm going to get so many views on it or something. I'm like... It it wasn't my intention at all, but I guess I could see it in hindsight why people would think that, but. So how has motherhood been? It's been hard. It's been hard. Uh, It's been fantastic, but hard. And I think any mother can relate to that, right? Yes. It's everything all at once. (laughs) And the early months were harder than now. Now, 
Roberta, today my husband said, where's mama? And she turned around and she pointed directly at me and she's never done that before. And it's moments like that where I'm just like, it completely destroys you, right? It's the best thing in the world. So things like that are incredible. I will say we had a lot of issues with sleep in the beginning, which is normal. Obviously you're up a million times a night, the baby doesn't take naps. And so balancing that with YouTube and with creating content and trying to keep myself on a schedule where people are, you know, expecting a new video from me every Monday was really difficult. I managed it, but I went down from two to three videos a week pre-pregnancy to now I'm like, I'm lucky if I get one. And that's just the season I'm in and it's okay and it's gonna get better. It already has gotten better. She she naps well enough now that I can film during the day, but for the first six months of her life, I was filming after she went to bed because that was the only like two and a half, three hour stretch of time I could know that I wouldn't be interrupted by a waking baby. So yeah, those early early weeks and months were really, really difficult because Every nap time I'd be researching and compiling clips and writing scripts and gathering horror stories. And then after she'd go to bed, I would be up filming until 11 p.m. And then I'd go to bed and then she would wake up an hour later to eat. And then it was it was <laughs> rough. It was really rough. But at the same time, I'm so you know thankful for the flexibility that it's offered me. I have to remind myself of that a lot in the hard moments that like this is such a perfect job for me to have right now. And I could not be more grateful for that. Because I can work it in the pockets of time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I remember those first few months were really hard. You know, you come out of the hospital, they're like, here's your baby. Good luck. And you're like, oh, my God, I have a baby. Yeah. I have a, I have a baby now. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was going to have a baby, but I literally am holding a baby now. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And... Like the the wild feeding times, the getting up in the middle of the night, the trying to schedule nap when the baby naps. It's like, all right, I'll do laundry when the baby does laundry too. Yeah. Okay. Like what's going on? Least helpful. I remember. <laughs> I mean, I look back on those days now very fondly because Abby's now 12. She's at sixth grade camp right now. She's doing things. She's got a skincare routine, you guys. <laughs> She asks for Sephora gift cards. Yes. I was like, who is this tiny me? And how did she get here Mm -hmm. so much faster than I got here? I didn't even know about that stuff until I was like in my early 20s. And here's my daughter with this freaking skincare routine. But she knows not to use retinol. She knows not to use the drunk elephant. She is not one of those kids. She is Mm -hmm. not one of those Sephora kids. Yes. She is very good. And she uses age appropriate things. But, you know, motherhood is just this very feral interesting time Mm -hmm. and you don't know because even if you have other kids they're all different every single kid is so different my mom tells me yeah my mom's like just wait till the next one it'll be a whole new experience totally different that'd be so fun totally different (laughs) yeah you're like oh yeah but it's just you haven't even experienced the craziest stuff yet and it's just really cool you know and if you don't have kids and you get to just be an auntie or an uncle and you get to experience these things, that's really cool too. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, especially cool kids, they're just a fun experience. Yeah, I can't wait. And I never thought that I would have children and I'm very thankful that I do. And uh, it's just, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Even on the days where you're like, oh my God, I'm the worst mom ever. Mm-hmm. I promise <laughs> you, you're doing an incredible job. It is very hard <laughs> to keep 
a little tiny person safe. Oh, it absolutely. And when you have that first birthday party, Hannah, it's about you. So just party. celebrate you <laughs> and be like, I kept a something alive for a whole year. Yeah, that really celebrate is. me because it really is about that. Yes, I'm on board. I'm on board. It's about you. So I have some questions from some Patreon members who were so excited I was going to talk to you. Ooh. First one is from Kate, and she just wants to say, send my love to Zeke and tell <laughs> Hannah to stop apologizing. Oh, for yeah. Which you've already done several I've times. Done. I know. <laughs> and and I, I've gotten that feedback before. People will say, love Zeke, hate how you always have to pause and address him. And I'm like, I understand that. That's a great point. I do it because of potential new viewers who are like, what is going on? <laughs> so I know that I say it in almost every video and I, I apologize to the regular viewers. It's just part of the gig. You just have to accept it at this point. But yeah, he always makes his appearance and I always feel like I have to be like, sorry, he's so loud. Because people tell me all the time, oh my gosh, I thought that was my cat. I thought that was my baby. I, I took out my earbuds and I went searching for my cat in distress. And then they were fine, but it was you. So that's why I feel the need to be like, sorry, it's my fault. I'm the problem, okay? Don't worry. It's not, not any issue in your own house. So that's why I say that. But... Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So Meryl says, I love her deep dives and her horror stories. I still need to send one in, but I know it probably won't get read for like a year. But please ask her what future projects she's most excited about. Oh, okay. That's This is exciting. I definitely want to do more deep dives into more specific like situations, topics, companies. I think that those are really valuable. I love the horror stories. I love the top fails. Those are consistent. They're reliable. I think everyone enjoys those. But I think what's going to reach further are things where people type in the name of a company or something and my video pops up, right? I think that that kind of education is going to spread a lot wider versus catering to like the regular viewers who are just kind of here to binge watch the content. That's great. That serves its own purpose. But I do want to get into deep dives. I just posted a video about Trades of Hope. A couple of days ago, that's a company that I had never heard of that someone emailed me about. And I think that that's a big one because I searched for it on YouTube and didn't find much. So that's kind of my goal for 2024 is to branch out a little bit more into deep dives. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I kind of have a similar thing going on this year. And it's probably, again, because you and I see it. We see it in our inboxes of people saying, hey, you know, have you ever heard of this? Or my family member's stuck in this thing and it's these very obscure MLMs or they'll come to me with like scams and they're like, well, I know it's a scam because like it's hitting all these red flags, but is it like an affiliate scam or is it a coaching scam or is it like an MLM scam or is it just like straight up like a scam? And I'm, I'm so proud that people are like, oh, they're finding the red flags. They're going, something's fishy about this because it's hitting like four of the five things that are making my red flags go off, but I don't know what it is. And so I've really wanted this year as well to dive into unknown companies or like go into more of the different lawsuits and explain why certain laws and rules are certain ways. So I'm really excited to see what you're going to come up with. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. I feel like I have more bandwidth now for that. That's always what I've wanted to do is more deep dives and things, but I'll just be honest and say I've been in complete survival mode the past nine months with a baby. So I've been like just sticking to what I know I can do and is consistent and that people enjoy. And so when I have like a deep dive topic, it's so intimidating because I'm like, oh, that's going to take five days of research. 
And so I'm like, where am I gonna find all this time to research this company? But something I'm excited about is my baby sleeping better. She's sleeping for longer during her naps and she goes to bed really easily now. And I just have more time in general. So I'm excited to put that time towards more in-depth videos that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but just haven't had the like resources yet. <laughs> I feel you. Just on a personal level in my personal life. So yeah. So Dave Vaughn, I'm sure you know Dave. I do know Dave, yeah. He's such a staple in the anti-MLM community, even though yeah. he doesn't really create his own content. But he helps all of us on the back end. So he does. we love a Dave Vaughn question, and he always brings the good question. Mm -hmm. So Dave wants to know, as a prior teacher, how does your training in pedagogy and instruction <laughs> impact the education that you deliver to inform your audience? Dave, I love this question. Thank you for that. And this is very timely because this is something I was kind of on the track to talk about earlier in our conversation. I totally sidetracked myself. So now we're back to it. I kind of look at every video as a lesson plan. I have a goal. I have my like final statement. I have my final objective that I want the students or the viewers to get. And then I work backwards from that point. And all of my videos are broken down. Like you should see my scripts. They have headers and subheaders and bullet points and and I try and like label out my videos into segments. So if you're looking for a specific part, you can scroll to it. And so I really try to look at it that way. I try to start with where I want to end. And then I work backwards in the same way that teachers do with lesson plans. I want my kids to learn addition, two digit addition. Okay. How are we going to get there? <laughs> Cause you can't just go into it blind. You have to kind of like work yourself backwards, give it to them in bite sized pieces. So I think a lot of my videos kind of follow that format. I start with, okay, today we're going to be talking about this, like for the trades of hope example that I just did. Okay. What is an MLM? Let's start there. Then what is trades of hope? How were they founded? Okay. How can you join? What does the compensation plan look like? What are their products that they sell? That kind of thing. So I try to break it down into these bite-sized pieces. And then at the end, I kind of give my, my monologue, I guess, as to why, like, a, you know, a summary of why all of this matters, I guess. So I think that that has served me well in my content creation because I definitely, I go into filming each video with a set plan in mind. I can't wing it. I just can't, except for horror stories. I do wing those because in that case, I'm just reading people's experiences and commenting on it. But if it is a deep dive type topic, like it's really important to me that I, I have everything kind of lined up before I start filming so that I can be as clear and concise as possible and not ramble like I'm sure I've done a million times already tonight. But. <laughs> I love that. When I do like TikTok videos, I kind of do the same thing. Like I know where I'm going to get and I don't necessarily work backwards. Like I'll start with maybe like the link that somebody sends me like, can you look into this? Mm, and I mm -hmm. will take screenshots and highlight things. And then I'll be like, that's a word that maybe a lot of people don't know, or that's a concept a lot of people don't know. So then I'll like go and grab that screenshot and get that and come back and do this whole like linear journey mm -hmm. and then do it that way. But it's kind of like a reverse engineer of what you're saying 
where I know where I'm going and I know what my point is going to be, but I'm going to do it this, you're going to go along this journey with me like, oh, what does that mean? This is what that means. And like, have it in that way. Yes. It's very interesting. And so you, you mentioned earlier that you used to be very scripted. And so now you just do your outlines. So you, you know what you're going to say. You have the facts and the statistics, but it's not scripted. So it's not so robotic. Yeah, that's what I try to do. I still have like pretty detailed notes, but I used to do this thing where I would like have to read the line and then I'd look at the camera and I'd say the line. And if I got it wrong, I would say it again. And I'm not like that anymore. I've, you know, I'll kind of like briefly glance at these few bullets and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want to touch on. And then I'll say it. And it ends up being pretty much what I wrote, but I don't, I don't get on myself about, oh, that didn't come out right. Oh, I need to redo that. You know, it's miserable to film that way, truly. And I think that's what I had to do at the time because I was so uncomfortable on camera that I I had to have that structure. But the more comfortable I've gotten, I think the more like off script I can go or like a little more organic with it. Yeah. So another question from Dave, and we talked about you becoming a mother. He wants to know, how has motherhood changed your perspective on these issues? Are there certain details of the stories of MLMs that impact you now in a different way now that you're a mom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some things that are coming to mind immediately is when I was pregnant, there was a Young Living Zoom call that I covered all about how to use oils in pregnancy. And it's just like, because you're in it, you're in the thick of it in that life stage. And then you're watching somebody talk about how everything you're doing is wrong or how it can be supplemented better with with these MLM products. And that struck a nerve with me, definitely. And now, whenever I see people in MLMs using their kids to promote the products, which surprisingly, I was just going through my inbox in the past couple of weeks and gathering a whole bunch of things that people have sent me that I just haven't gotten around to looking at. And there's so many pieces of content involving children, whether that be, you know, I waved this essential oil under my newborn's nose to get him to stop crying or here's my toddler holding up the product and saying buy from my mommy or whether that's you know lining this was in a recent video lining up your kids at the front of the living room and giving them an MLM supplement and asking them how they feel and filming them and posting it so I think about you know the impact that this is having on children of people in MLMs because I always try to not be on the parent shaming side of it. But now that I am a parent and I do see things in that different light, I'm like this, those poor kids, you know, that's kind of where I think about it. Like, I don't think that's right to be filming your kids for content. I don't think that's right to be putting an undiluted essential oil a centimeter from your baby's nose, you know? So maybe I do have some strong opinions about those. Maybe I am mom shaming or whatever, but I do think about it differently now. Whereas, you know, I might've seen that clip before and been like, oh, you know, that's kind of wild. But now I take it on more of a personal level. Like, you know, that kid doesn't deserve to be treated that way. And it like cuts a little deeper sometimes. Yeah. And I also think like when you know better, you do better. I remember Mm. being in MLM and like having Abby put on the kids leggings and the clothes and be like, let's just take pictures. Mm -hmm. I love my leggings or whatever, you know, and and not even horrible, like kind of more innocuous than other people with the whole like, bye for my mommy. But she also had a shirt that used to say future LuLaRoe consultant that like came from the LuLaRoe merch store. You know what I mean? Wow. And like my mommy sells leggings and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my God, isn't that so cute? And looking back on it now, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. 
I can't believe I just so freely posted. You know, Abby is very, it's like there's a lot of consent when I take a photo of her and I say, hey, because, you know, Abby is, is, like I said, she's 12. So she was in the Vice documentary. She was in Lula Rich. She's been around. People see her. People ask about her. And I say, hey, you know, she just went to a dance recently. And I was like, people want to see your outfit for the dance. Is it okay if I post this photo? And she's like, let me see the picture. And she's like, you can post that one and that one. I said, okay. (laughs) And so it's like very much consent. Oftentimes, if she was here, I would tell you, you would have already seen her come in here three or four times because she likes to be like, oh, hey, who are you talking to? What are you doing? And I was like, get out of here. You're not a part of this. Like she'll pop in on my lives and stuff. But it's very much like I don't make her a part of something. It's very much, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to come into this? And it's very much mm-hmm. her consent, as much as a 12 year old can consent to things. And that's why it's like, I don't know if you need to be in this, or you don't really need to listen to this, or you don't need to be a part of this. But in the moments where she's like, Mom, I, I really want to do this. Like we did a video one time when she was on spring break, where we watched like children's TV shows that had parts of like MLM storylines and plot lines. Oh, wow. And she watched those clips with me and she was like, I remember this episode. Oh my gosh, that's a pyramid scheme. And so I was like, if it's age appropriate, it's fine. But again, like, I don't want to exploit my children the way that MLMs encourage you to do that. So there's a lot of like leading with consent saying, okay, you can do this this one time, but it's not going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. and it's not for views or whatever. It's because she wants to be a part of it. She wants to be a part of of this part of my life. And I'm like, okay, people know who you are. They have questions. They want to be involved. They ask about you. You can make an appearance sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And another example that just popped into my mind as we were talking is parents who completely out their whole child's medical history for the purpose of selling a product that also it hits me hard now because I think about it if I was still a kid would I want the whole world knowing that you know the the example I'm thinking of is there was a mom who talked about using Amari products for her kids ADHD and I'm like would I want the whole world knowing that I'm struggling in these ways and that my mom is giving me these kinds of supplements to make a sale to make some money, to get other people struggling with the same issues to buy into it. So that also really bothers me because I worry about the privacy of kids that are too young to consent to that kind of thing. And I would feel horrible if I grew up and learned that my mom has, you know, 10 years of Facebook history, like talking about all of my medical conditions and my, my health concerns and all for the purpose of a commission. It's just, I don't think that's very ethical. No. And I I think it also like kind of calls to like the family vlog channels and like the family influencers Yeah, and these kids, a friend of mine, we're mutuals on, on social, Carolyn Isom. She makes a lot of content right now. She has this series about the little sandwich family, (laughs) about these kids, you know, these vlogger kids who are sort of sharing what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm going to have her come on the show and talk about family vloggers and that sort of consent and privacy and what you're doing when you're putting your kids out there so much. Mm -hmm. Because again, you know, we're not public figures, but in our niches, we kind of are public figures to people who know us. And there is kind of a fine line of like, I'm a fan, I respect you as a creator and as a person, and I like getting little glimpses into your life to know that you're a real person and you go through the same things I do. You know, 
anti-MLM creators are just like us. But at the same time, like you don't want to do too much, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then you fall into that like, hey, you're telling like your whole following about my medical history or about my accidents I'm having as a baby. And like, Mm -hmm. it can be very embarrassing. And so understanding that there is a fine line between incorporating your real life and exploiting your real life for money a lot of people fall off and fall into that other side and don't realize they're doing it until it's too late. And so that's another topic that's come up multiple times, sort of in passing in conversations. And I was like, we need to have dedicated content to talk about this stuff, especially after like the Ruby Frankie thing that came out Mm -hmm. and these things where people are like, oh my gosh, this is happening underneath our nose. And then there's like the Gypsy Rose Blanchard story that just came out and the Natalia Grace story that we watched on my Discord with everybody and this medical child abuse, which is another thing that we've talked about and that's going to be coming up again. There's so much. And I just I, I also like I want to give people that education. So, again, when they see these red flags, they can go, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not going to subscribe to this. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to support this. Mm-hmm. That's not my jam. Mm-hmm. I do feel like what I've seen is that there is quite a bit of overlap between people who consume anti-MLM content and people who don't agree with family vlogging. And I think that that's fantastic. And to be fair, I, until a few years ago, saw no issue with family vlogging. I didn't understand. Same. I would consume it. I, in fact, I still follow some people on Instagram that I probably shouldn't anymore because I don't fully agree with the way they make content now. But I mean... It's one of those things where as soon as you learn about it, as soon as you hear a commentary creator talking about all the reasons that it's kind of problematic, it's like, oh, you just have this lingering icky feeling that you can't really shake going forward. And that's one of those things that I've learned about in recent years as to why protecting kids' privacy, family vlogging, creating content based around kids for money. And yeah. I think there's a lot of overlaps between that kind of content and anti-MLM, which is interesting. It's kind of something I've observed recently. And maybe in hindsight, that's why people were concerned when I posted my pregnancy announcement. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Possibly. Wait a minute. They're like, "Uh uh-oh. She switched to the dark side. How do we save her? Yeah, don't be going down that road. (laughs) And I never would. Like, that, that was never a plan of mine. But I guess, you know, in hindsight, I can understand why people would have question that maybe a little bit. So So Dave has one last question that I think is really fantastic. And I think it's uh, seriously, it's my favorite of all his questions that he asked. It says, what are some helpful boundaries that you've established as a content creator? And is this the secret to your universal praise as a creator? <laughs> universal praise, I think is a bit much. <laughs> He's so sweet. Like he is very, very kind. But again, when I look at who's complaining about who or who's praising who, like your name comes up always as Hannah's a great person to follow. She's not problematic. And so I understand what he's saying. So yeah. So what are some of those boundaries that you set for yourself as a content creator to keep your sanity? Okay. So I guess uh, the boundary that I'm thinking maybe he's referring to is like work-life balance. He's not here to confirm that, I guess, but I think that I try my best to make sure that I know that YouTube and anti-MLM content is my job. And I try to be really professional with it as much as I can be. Like I said, I like to be a little snarky and, you know, I try to be as professional as I can. And then, yeah, this, this is one of those kinds of questions where like if I was writing like a video script and I would sit there and like mull it over forever and like try and 
formulate all of my thoughts because I feel like that's such a big question. But yeah, I do try to make sure that YouTube is my professional side. That is my job. And then Instagram is kind of more of my personal. That's where I talk about a lot of the things that are going on in my personal life. And I kind of appreciate that the names on those two accounts are different. Hannah Alonzo is my YouTube and the Hannah Thaler, which is my married name, is my Instagram. And it's kind of hard for people to find my Instagram, I feel like. And I kind of like it that way. I don't ever advertise my Instagram in my videos because I actually started doing this. I made this conscious decision at the very beginning because I was on the path to become a teacher and that's still a very real possibility for my future. And so I wanted to make sure that I was kind of keeping that like work life separation where if I was interviewing for a teaching job or if I do enter the education field and a potential employer comes across my videos that they would like see that as like work Hannah, professional Hannah. And then there's like life Hannah on Instagram. So I've kind of always, I haven't ever really branded myself as like, I'm this public figure or this influencer or anything like that. I don't really relate to those titles very much. And so I think that the work-life balance is really important. And I think that keeping those things separate is important. And I'm also very intentional with what things I share on social media, like on my Instagram specifically, because I heard this somewhere, (sighs) something along the lines of, I don't remember where I heard this or how it was phrased, but People can only judge or make assumptions about you based on what you give them. So if there's something that I hold really close to myself or really personal, like like motherhood, like I don't share my child very much because I don't want people to share their opinions on what I'm doing with my own child. So I'm very intentional to only share the pieces of myself online that I'm okay with people judging or making making assumptions about because everyone's got all kinds of assumptions believe me but I don't know if I'm even answering the question at all Dave I apologize for this but I have like so many thoughts in my head about this and it's it's an ongoing battle it's an ongoing balance especially in motherhood deciding what things to share what not to share am I going to regret sharing that one day so yeah there's there's all kinds of things that I don't share on social media and that's because They're just for me, you know? And if I'm going to share something, I need to be okay with the fact that people are going to have an opinion about it. And if I'm not okay with that, then I'm not going to share it. So Uh, that's a great way to put that. I agree with you. I wish I could remember who said that. It was some other like public figure that I follow or something, you know, talking about how they kind of manage what to share. Not, Not that I don't want it to come across like I'm curating or like I'm being really calculated with my posts, but I think that naturally there is kind of some degree of like what's appropriate to share and what's not. So I'm still finding that balance though all the time. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like my Instagram, my TikTok, most of it is the content, right? Most of it is anti-MLM, scam, cult, whatever. And then every so often there's like a picture of me and my daughter at Mean Girls Musical or Mm -hmm. our Halloween (laughs) costumes or this is what we're doing. Just because, again, I I want people to see me as like a person and not just like Mm -hmm. some faceless Mm -hmm. podcaster that 
you know, is in your ears all the time. Like, and so, Mm -hmm. yeah, like there is this balance of like, what do I share? I don't really share like a lot of my personal life, some of my mom's stuff, but not a lot of my personal life. And I want people to not feel alone. And so sometimes if you're looking at my stories and going, oh my God, I hope Roberta's okay. It's not necessarily about me. (laughs) It might be about somebody else. And, you know, I get a lot of messages that are like, I don't know what you're going through, but I really needed to see this today. So thank you. And I'm like, of course, you know, so Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying. You know, you want to be accessible. You want to share things, but you don't want to share too much. So, yeah, I think there is there's a delicate balance when you put yourself out there for one thing. And then people are like, oh, well, she has a kid, too. Like and you just want to share just enough to be like, this is a little bit. You can have a little slice, a little look into we can connect. You're a mom too. I'm a mom. Yay. Whatever. But it doesn't have to be like, <laughs> it's not like Facebook where it's like, hey, I'm going to overshare everything today. Oh, like yeah. I'm not an oversharer like that. Yeah. Like people don't really know what's going on unless I talk to them individually. Yeah. Social media is a weird place. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's always like, there's always boundaries to social media, but the boundaries are always shifting too. And yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. Social media is a weird place. It's it's a hard thing to balance. So. Well, I just I want to say thank you. I have a couple like last, you know, the rapid fire questions at the end. But I want to say thank you for for finding the time. I know you're a busy mom to come on the show. Finally, we have this great conversation. This has really probably been one of one of my favorite conversations that I have. Oh. I love talking with other content creators and connecting on so many things. I feel like so many of us are the same and we're sort of floating by ourselves out there. And so being able to connect and say, oh, you're doing it kind of like how I'm doing it too is really helpful, even just for us, you know? Like you feel so alone in the content creation space because it is kind of like a a one-person thing. Yeah. But being able to connect is really, really helpful. And I knew, I just knew that we would just see eye to eye on so many things before we get into the rapid fire questions can you let everybody know where they can find you and how easy it is and then i'll pop all of those links in the show notes sure yeah so youtube is my primary platform and that's hannah alonzo is my channel and then if you care to follow the like life bits and pieces on instagram that's great it's the hannah thaler (laughs) t-h-a-l-e-r a lot of people think it's thaler or taller but Thaler is the last name. And I really don't share that much MLM stuff on my Instagram. I do kind of like to keep them separate. But if you care to see like what my cats are up to or what I'm making for dinner or anything like that, (laughs) Instagram is the place for that. So and other than that, I don't really I'm not on many other social media platforms. Maybe I should be. It's just a lot. It is a lot. We got TikTok. We got Facebook. We got oh I like to limit myself for now to what I can focus on, which is YouTube and Instagram. So that's what we got going for now. Yeah. I am a member of a lot of the social media, but like, you're not going to see me like a lot on TikTok and a lot on Discord on the same day. I'm like, it's either or like I'm either on Discord today or I'm on TikTok or I'm filming podcast stuff. Like I'm not, we're not doing all of them at the same time. So I feel you on that. Absolutely. Okay. Hannah, are you ready? Sure. (laughs) Let's do it. Give me a word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Disappointed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I just—that's—I mean, that's the first thing that popped in my head. There's so many words that I feel, but I'm just—I'm disappointed that it exists. I'm disappointed that people get involved with it. I'm disappointed that it victimizes people. Zeke is chiming in. He's also clearly very disappointed. Very passionate. 
It's just a bummer. It really is. And I can only hope that the content I create makes some kind of sliver of a difference somewhere so that someone doesn't have to be negatively impacted by it because no one deserves that. Give me a warning to somebody who wants to join an MLM. It's not what you think it's going to be. It's not going to be freeing. It's You're not going to make a lot of money. You're not going to have a lot of time. You're not going to have more time with your family. Um, the friendships you make, if any, may be genuine, but might not be as long-lasting as someone you met more organically. Yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be, I guess, as cliche as that sounds. And in your research and experience, what is the worst MLM in your opinion? <laughs> People ask me this so much, and I, I dodge the question all the time because I'm like, they're all bad for so many different reasons. The, like, do I have to give one name of one company? You can literally say all of them. People have said all of them before. The answer that I tend to resort to is the health and wellness MLM genre is particularly insidious, in my opinion. So anything that sells supplements, anything, I mean, I think Young Living and doTERRA fall under that category as well. Anything that is making some kind of egregious health claim about what the products can do for you, I think is so problematic so unethical. It's misleading. It's so much more dangerous than shampoo, leggings, jewelry. So that's my cop-out answer. I can't think of one because I I go through phases where I'm like, Amari's the worst because they focus on mental wellness and the mental health crisis. And that's terrible. And then I go to oils like Young Living and doTERRA. They're the worst because they focus on holistic living, natural living, and they try to capitalize on that whole movement. And So I think everything, everything's bad for different reasons. And I kind of make enemies with each of them in their own time, (laughs) but health and wellness, that's my answer. What is the hardest lesson that you've learned in researching MLMs? The hardest lesson I've learned is that I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of a more eloquent way to say that most people don't make money because I feel like that's so obvious, right? That's the hardest lesson, though, I think, to look at the income disclosure statements and to compare the percentages of people at certain ranks to the incomes that they're making. And I think that I resort to that answer because it's so black and white, and I love the numbers and the facts of it all and the statistics of people at this rank are making an average of this much money. And that's a hard lesson to learn and to accept is that you can join this company on a hope and a dream that you're going to make it to those top ranks, but it's not probable. And I think that's a hard thing for people to accept at first because everyone wants to believe that they can be the one to make it. And it's a hard lesson to learn. So yeah, but I'm not average. Right. But I'm better. I have what it takes. I'm special. But I'm better than average. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The systemic financial destruction of people and their savings. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. That's very much more eloquent than And then give me a positive takeaway from your experience in reporting on MLMs. I think the the most positive thing that I've experienced is the horror story aspect of my channel and the fact that there's so much common ground that people have that maybe they didn't know they had until you watch those videos and listen to those stories and hear that there's other people out there that have experienced similar things to what you're experiencing. Yeah, I think that the horror stories are the most positive for me in the development of my channel because I 
I get so many stories written to me that say, I was watching your video and I heard that story and it triggered a memory for me, or I heard that story and something similar happened to me. And I think that that's really empowering because how do we know that we all have these similar experiences unless there's a platform where they all come together? So I think that's something pretty special that I hope I can continue to offer. I love that. I absolutely love that. It absolutely comes across. You are making fantastic content. Everybody who likes to watch YouTube videos and check out that stuff, you need to be following Hannah. Check out her content. Everything is linked in the show notes so that you can find it easily. Thank you so, so, so much for having this really fantastic conversation with me today. Thank you. This is, like I said at the beginning, a really full circle moment because I think you were one of the very first creators I'd ever seen talk about MLM companies and that really inspired me. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you for bringing that up because we love a full circle moment over here on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our website at lifeaftermlmpod.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon for exclusive content and join the community on Discord. You can find all of the links to follow in our show notes. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our triple emerald princess of robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.